The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will, and this week I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Ali and Gray. How are you, lads? Very good, how are you? Living the absolute proverbial fucking dream, like. How are you? How's your weekend been? Let's go Gray first. It's been good. A little bit of decorating yesterday morning, and then off to the match, which was eventful as ever. God, you're such an adult now. Ali, hopefully you've done something a little more immature. Yes, I was at a friend's birthday on Friday night, which was a very late finish, which meant that I was hungover whilst watching the game yesterday. But the wind thankfully made Saturday a bit better. Perked you up a little bit? Oh, I perked me a right up. Yeah, well, lots to talk about on this episode. We obviously are doing a double header. So first half, we'll talk about the Man City game. And then second half, we'll talk about yesterday's result against Burnley. But it's not bad, is it? I think it's two weeks, five games, 12 goals scored, and big fat zero conceded. Obviously beat Man City in the Carabao Cup. And we thought it was going to be a doomed fixture after getting the group of death in the Champions League. We get Man City in the Carabao Cup. Don't think anything's going to go away, but surprised quite a few people, didn't we, Gray? Yeah, I think surprise is putting it softly politely <laughs> yeah I, I certainly didn't expect it but after the first half i thought yeah the second half again you go ahead you kick us off with the first half it was just an absolute peppering from city wasn't it it was we just couldn't seem to get in the game and just midfield struggled i mean tonali in particular just seemed to be off the boil a little bit it just everything felt so slow and sluggish yeah. and it was for the same for both teams and they just lacked that real quality both sides and it was just a bit scrappy and from what i remember it feels like ages ago now but yeah Does City certainly it? have the, the the better chances I think we had one counter attack I don't remember who it was really should have Jacob scored Murphy yeah that was it yeah. Murphy wasn't it he really should have scored we only had two to choose from and one of them was a fucking <laughs> goal I think <laughs> it was crazy actually wasn't it so we had a bit of a new look team it was very much a Newcastle B team I would say and that's no disrespect to the players that were playing but the reason I say that is because Man City also put out a B team but their B team would best probably most Premier League um, first teams. Unreal, the squad depth that Man City have. We've obviously built on that over the summer and we've got some good players coming through, but I think there was a bit of a gulf in quality and I would probably say experience more so than quality. We had people like Lewis Miley and Lewis Hall, both weirdly playing in centre of the park, weren't they? So Lewis Miley obviously centre mid, that's fine, but Lewis Hall seemed a bit of an experiment. I think we were playing three left backs at one point. But Lewis Hall was pushed up a little bit into midfield, it seemed, Ali, wasn't he? Yeah, although I did think there were parts where he received the ball and then got rid of it out of his feet quite nicely in tight spaces. But obviously, as you say, the I think because he's 17 and Lewis Hall being 18, very young, inexperienced. And when you're playing Man City, even if it is against the B team, yeah, I think they just needed that bit more match fitness and, and quality on the pitch. But, you know, no disrespect to those players. Obviously, they are our future. I think they'll come into it a lot more 
and with a lot more games in the future, they'll be a lot better in those situations. But hey, they're great players at the end of the day. In the next couple of games, they get to feature a bit more. And hopefully with, next time we play City in a situation like that, they'll be a lot better. Yeah, a bit of a weird one. I mean, he's still, what, 18 years old, playing yeah. in the centre of the park as a left-back against Man City. It seemed like an experiment, but I think we quickly reverted to playing him on the left-hand side. I don't know. Yeah. Eddie seemed to be tweaking things mid-game, but I guess two huge positives from the game. We'll get onto the goal, but in terms of the lineup, we had obviously Joe Linton coming back. I say that given what happened yesterday against Burnley with a pinch of salt, but Joe Linton back, had a really strong game, and Tino Livramento... Oh my goodness me, what a flipping debut he had. Cracking. I've not seen a player... I feel like I'm saying that about every single player that joins us, like Tonali. I was like, never seen a better debut. But, you know, completely different kettle of fish when it's a right back. You're in the shadow of Kieran Trippier at the minute. But Tino had his chance. He came into that starting 11 at right back and he just fucking... He pocketed every single thing that came at him on that left-hand side. He was absolutely brilliant, wasn't he, Gray? Like I said, I think Jack Grealish just stood in his pocket. Like he he did nothing that game, and Livermento just stood up to absolutely everything that was thrown at him. And I think there is only one moment when they just brought on Endoku. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just one moment where he just got beaten for a bit of pace, but that was against fresh legs. But I mean, that it was a match-saving tackle about yeah, twelve amazing. yards out, just from nowhere as well. And you could see he was just given it as all. And I tell you what, Kieran Trippi has got to be looking over his shoulder after that because it was a, a hell of a debut. Well, worst problems to have, aren't there? I mean, presumably he will be learning a lot from K-Trips as well. And that will only spur on Kieran Trippier's performances, I guess. I mean, Trippier is undroppable at the minute, given mm. the form he's in and given who he is. But yeah, what a statement from Tino to really push on Trips and also push himself on and know that that position, we've got great cover for the next five ten years or whatever providing we can keep a hold of these players yeah unbelievable but obviously a few changes on the day we saw Dummett come back into the team and Jamal Lascelles as well who really didn't put a foot wrong which is crazy to say it up against the reigning European champions but yeah. Paul Dummett and Jamal Lascelles were absolutely brilliant there were three massive tackles from Paul Dummett I thought he was brilliant it's like he'd never been out of the team so big shout out to those guys but yeah a game of two halves very much. I know we quite often say that on this podcast, but first half, it was very much just a game of attrition, bunkering in, hoping they don't score, them having all the chances. But second half, I don't know what the hell Eddie Howe said to them in the halftime team talk, but we came out and just completely controlled the next 20 minutes of the game. It was unbelievable, which ultimately led to some great play. Oh, we made two big changes, didn't we? So yeah. Yeah. Lewis Hall and Lewis Miley were taken off at half time. Bruno and Anthony Gordon come into the mix. Yeah. Anthony Gordon, just when he thinks he's going to get a rest, is, is hoiked back into the fray. But they completely changed the game, didn't they? Anthony Gordon, as player of the season for me so far this year, completely changed it. And we saw flashes of Bruno from last season as well. We were all over them. And that ultimately led to the goal from Alexander Isaac. You were there, Gray, weren't you? Is this you trying to test my memory on what happened? <laughs> well, it was it was the pretty much the biggest event of the entire match, so let's hope you can remember. I think it came from good play from Bruno, didn't it? He then slipped. So it came yeah. from the cells. He played that in was it, Jacob sorry. Murphy. Then Jacob Murphy turned. I don't know who it was against in the centre of the field, and then obviously he played it out to Joe. And then Joe in his big stature just 
trundling through the city box and then manages to find that cross for Isaac. But I'm surprised Rico Lewis didn't get on the end of it at the back post yeah. to clear it. He seemed to be off balance when it came to him. But out of all players, I'm pleased it fell to Isaac, who had the cool head to just stop, take a touch and put it in the back of the net. He was unstoppable for like 25 minutes, wasn't he? He just was absolutely relentless. They were chasing everything down. Isaac was giving us that whole, I think he made a tackle in the top left corner and then he was just there pumping the crowd up as well. He was well up for it. It was just a shame that he got, um, I thought it was brilliant. I've not seen that side from him yet because no. he's usually a, a proper ice man. He's, he's cool as a cucumber, but yeah, they were really up for it. I think, Gray, the crowd must have been helping massively. That's all we need. We need a little bit of hope and a little bit of a peek in when you got the crowd on your back. It's just, we're unstoppable at that point. That's it. And I think first half, it was just flat and he just felt that kind of tension and just no one was sitting comfortably even the Man City fans like they travelled extremely well for a Wednesday night and they were just ironically chanting is this yet he had all game which is quite quite funny but yeah I mean second half came out and just what we wanted was that bit of fight that bit of passion and emotion to come out and I mean that was summed up by Isaac and that interception but I just got to mention like Gordon just getting out there and in front Fantastic. of people and he absolutely chopped with a Kovacic in half is that when Pep was applauding him at the side? Like, we don't know whether it was ironic or sarcastic, but he was applauding at the sidelines. <laughs> I said, after he just ran across the length of the pitch just yeah, to, yeah. to dive in like that. And just that's what we were crying out for that, just get into their faces. And it must have been like, yeah, like say, Eddie Howe, I would have loved to have been in that dressing room at half time just to see what they said, because I reckon it was just like, just get in their faces and bully them. He certainly didn't look comfortable. And Pep and his coaching staff on the sidelines certainly were up against it and were not enjoying that second half. You know what I really like about Pep, and this is the same as yesterday when they lost to Wolves in the Prem, but he's always super respectful. He's not one of these lads that comes out and whinges like Klopp or Ten Hag or makes excuses. Yeah. Like he's always super respectful if he loses. And I really like that about him. Yeah, a great result for us. Another famous win at St. James's Park and we progress on to the next round of the Carabao Cup. We thought, right, okay, we've had a pretty tough start so far. There's people like Mansfield, Port Vale still in the pot. Let's hope that we've bought ourselves some luck and can get one of those guys. Wasn't really to be the case, was it? Fucking Don Goodman, ex-Sunderland player, looking at the balls as he's drawing them, plucks out Manchester United. Those balls are heated, come on. It's just a fix, man, total fucking fix. We weren't even meant to get Man City in the previous round, were we? There was something wrong with the alphabetical order of the the balls or something. It's a fucking joke, man. But yes, we've got Manchester United in the next round of the cup at Man United, I think. Yeah. Um, At Old Trafford, which is just a fucking shit show. If we win this cup, it's going to be the most hard-fought win I think I've ever seen us partake in. Until we win the Champions League this year. Of course, until we win the Champions League. But yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously, a repeat of last year's Carabao Cup final. Obviously, we know which way that went. Let's hope we can do them over this time and get our own back. And hopefully this is our year for the Carabao Cup. But really strong performance in the second half and a great result for us. And then we moved onwards and upwards to Burnley in the Premier League. So we'll come on to Burnley. But before we do so, we'll go to a quick break. So we shall see you in a second. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. 
all the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participate in restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And we're back. We're going to go straight into the Burnley game. Before we do, I should probably do the social plug, shouldn't I? And so you can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms, Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. If you want to find us, you can. We'd really appreciate it if you give us a follow and a five-star review if you're feeling super generous. You can find our podcast on Twitter at TOTT Podcast, on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast, and on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune Podcast. That's enough of that shite. So, Burnley game yesterday. We played them on the 30th of September, St. James's Park, another home result. Obviously, previous game was against Sheffield United. So, we come off the back of an 8 0 win away at Bramall Lane, straight back to Fortress St. James's. Some disappointing news on the injury front. Obviously finding out that Harvey Barnes is out for three months now with some strange undertow mystery that no one really seems to know what the fuck's going on. But there you go. He's out for three months, which is a real kick in the tits. You've got Sven Botman apparently out for a month, which is a real shame. So Jamal Lascelles comes into the team. Any more injuries to talk of? Callum Wilson? Yeah, Callum Wilson. Yeah, Wilson misses out on this game. I think, was it a calf or a hamstring Hamstring, tweak or something? Out for a couple of weeks. Yeah, then you've got Joe Linton just coming back, but obviously we know what happened yesterday. So not the strongest first 11. Obviously, Joe Willock still a few weeks out, it seems, but really key misses, particularly in Sven Botman, who's been an absolute rock at the back for us. I thought he was indestructible. I didn't know he could actually get injured. So Jamal Lascelles comes into the team in his place, and I really don't think he put a foot wrong in that game. I thought it was a really strong display. We'll come on to it, but Ali, actually, do you want to kick us off a 2-0 victory at home against Burnley? What were your initial thoughts? I feel like a broken record because a lot of people have been saying this, but it was literally just a routine win. You know, you look at that fixture and you think that, yes, we've got this comfortably, which... Again, similar to the Sheffield United game, in the first 10 minutes, we didn't really find the speed of the game. We were quite slow, quite sloppy in possession, I thought. But again, as the game went on, we found a foothold and managed to get on top of Burnley. But do you know what? Fair play to Burnley. I found that a lot of their players were very close to ours. You know, they were tight marking and they were pretty much on us. And yeah, obviously, with the first goal, it just came from an absolute moment of brilliance between Trippier to win the ball in the first place against Ramsey, to then release Almron, who, I'll be honest, when I saw him on the ball with the ups, obviously coming in on his left, I thought he was going to wander more into the box as opposed to taking a shot. But what a hit that was. I wasn't expecting him to strike it so cleanly, but yeah, fantastic goal. And Trafford absolutely had no chance in goal. Yeah, I thought that first half, we started off quite slow, but we definitely found ourselves getting into the game and won the up at half time. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was a, a cracker of a goal from Miggy and it's reminiscent of some of the bits he was doing last season. A really, really clean strike and a great finish. He couldn't have placed that really any better. But yeah, as you say, industrious work from Kieran Trippier and another assist. I think that's four assists in two games. I mean, admittedly, yeah. he got a hat trick of assists against Sheffield United, but, but there you go. I hope you've all got him in your fantasy football team. I do indeed. Like, he is a stable defender. He's oh, uh, yeah, without 100%. doubt giving me great returns. So I don't want to talk about fantasy football because it's pissing me off. I had Ruben Neves minus one point and Pervza Stupinian yeah. minus two <laughs> points. And then on my bench, I had Matty Cash six points and Joachim Anderson with 15 points from Crystal Palace. So. Yeah, I have Lascelles on the bench. So, But <sighs> thankfully, I think I also have Ben Chilwell who's on the pitch, so he doesn't play. So I think Lascelles will come in. I fucking hate fantasy football. I really can't stand it. <laughs> Gray, what were your thoughts on the first half? I mean, I think it's quite an astute point by Ali that they were looking really dangerous, particularly down that right-hand side. Dan Byrne looked in a bit of trouble at times. Yeah, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that bloke's name because there is far <laughs> too many vowels in it for me. But it wasn't it? Yeah, that's like it. That. Yeah. But he, yeah, he had Dan Byrne looking silly at times. And I mean, a couple of times Dan Byrne did slip, which probably didn't help him, but yeah. he certainly didn't look comfortable against him and that is certainly worrying going into Wednesday but we will mm. get onto that later one huge moment to call out was that save by Nick Pope in the first yeah. 10 minutes I mean yeah. that kept us in the game and like you say Bernie just looked threatened but I think the minute he made that save they almost felt a bit deflated because mm-hmm. it was one-on-one and he just did brilliantly and that started to change from momentum a little bit for us and we just grew into the game which is a little bit surprising given how well we started games last year mm. to see us start so slowly this year. It's probably I was thinking that worrying. as well, yeah. That was our that was our real strong thing last year, wasn't it? We we really got out of the traps, we got loads of early goals and really put a stake on the game. And it's it's weird seeing us not do that this year, given that a lot of the team is actually quite similar. Gray, just on that point, obviously that chance came down from the right hand side, that Osho guy. It seemed to me or the coaching staff were then like right. Dan Byrne needs a lot of support. So I think people like Gordon and Elliot Anderson were backtracking, helping him out quite a lot. And then after that initial kind of blast period, we didn't really seem to have that much trouble down that left-hand side. I just noticed like during the game, we'd made a change, a bit more support there, and then it wasn't a problem, which is good to see. Yeah, we also seem to attack a lot more, if not pretty much constantly down the right-hand side, which we are kind of used to, but we started going down the left a little bit more early on yesterday. And I think that mm. just opened us up for a bit more of a counter-attack down that side. True. So True. I think there's some of the tactical shifts. Okay, let's try and get the ball down the right-hand side to, like say, give us that protection so we're not going to get countered down that side. You yeah, know, that's a really good point. I didn't even think of that because I guess in Almiron and Trippier, you've got two players who are better set up to deal with a counter-attack, which is probably why we go yeah. down that right-hand side more. Dan Byrne, as much as his legs are about eight foot long, up against a quick winger, he could be in trouble, but yet again, another clean sheet and another strong performance on balance from Dan Byrne. He gets a lot of stick, but we always worry about him coming up against these wingers. <laughs> they just We just don't concede goals. So what's the point in worrying? He's a, yeah. obviously a top-class defender. Obviously going forward, he's not the strongest, but he's an absolute rock at the back for us. Elliot Anderson makes a start again. Pleased to see him start over Joe Linton? Yeah, I think like you say, Joe Linton coming off the back playing Best part of eight five minutes, wasn't it, on Wednesday night against City? He was really good against City uh, as well. And he was all over the place. He had that drive, that fight, which we, we love to see from him. And yeah, kind of just excited to see Anderson again. Just that fearlessness. He was all over the pitch yesterday and he was everywhere. And like you say, started to help out track back really, really well to help out down that left-hand side. Like between him and Gordon, 
they must have covered some serious yards. And also, got to mention Longstaff. Yeah. Always there, sweeping up. And the amount of ground he covers in a game is just ridiculous. I don't know how he does it week in, week out. Yeah. Since he's been back, he's averaged over 10 kilometers in each game. Ridiculous. Which is just nuts for a Premier League footballer. But yeah, Anderson, we all saw the preseason he had, the, the plaudits he was getting out of the US. And yeah, he's just really, really coming good at the minute. And he's just hit a bit of form. And it's just so important when we do have some key players from last season out injured and to have players like Anderson stepping up and playing so confidently and so comfortably as well in that yeah. midfield. It makes you breathe that little bit easier. <laughs> it does. It doesn't feel like that during the game. Ali, I mean, two local lads both Bosnit in midfield. You've got Sean Longstaff and Elliot Anderson. I thought Burnley's the exact, again, with no disrespect to Burnley, but it's the exact kind of game you want to be starting Elliot Anderson in, isn't it? It is. Because Burnley were tight marking our players, I thought when the ball came into midfield, obviously you had quite a few Burnley players around Anderson, Longstaff. But what I thought Anderson did really well was great touch and was able to get it out of his feet quite quickly. Yeah. Or if yeah. he wasn't able to do that, what we did quite cleverly was draw the foul. Any nick, we were just able to go down. I'm not sure and if then we kind drew of the foul. They were fouling a hell of a lot. Yeah, and blatantly true, as but well. I, I feel like some of the footwork, you know, they managed to kind of skip around a couple of players and then catch a player and then help relieve us a little bit and get us some time just to kind of get the ball up the pitch a bit further from a free kick. But yeah, I, I do agree. There were a lot of instances where Burnley were just charging through the back of some of the players and fouling immediately. But I thought, yeah, Longstaff and Anderson did that very, very well. And as Gray said, Longstaff covered so much ground. He's got such an engine on him. And even towards the 90th minute, he's still charging Burnley players down. So, yeah, it's great to have two local lads. Like, There's some stat I found that was amazing about like Sean Longstaff and his impact on the results since he's come back into the team. But We've not conceded a goal. Not conceded a goal, but like points per... Longstaff starting is unreal. So as much as I like to whinge about him faffing around on the ball too much and losing possession quite cheaply, I think we, me particularly, don't notice the great work that he actually does, whether it's on or off the ball. He's a great player and we clearly miss him when he's not in the team. Real massive shame to see Joe Linton come on for all of 13 seconds yeah. <laughs> and then go off injured again. I mean, I don't know how long he's going to be out, but I think Howe said it doesn't look good. Ali, we'll go to you again quickly, but Joe Linton's going to be a big miss just as he's coming back, especially given the performance he put in against City, right? It's a huge disappointment. Obviously, the result yesterday helps kind of lessen that negative a bit, but still, Joe Linton's such a big player for us because he's got such a big presence. And especially when you look at our upcoming fixtures, he would be like a great addition into the squads coming into some of those games. But hopefully he's not out for too long. I just think whether Howe could have looked at bringing on Tonali instead of Joe Linton, but obviously, mm. you know, Eddie Howe will understand why he did what he did. So I would never really kind of question the decision. But yeah, I just hope it's not a long one for Big Joe. Captain Hindsight, Ali Fraser strikes again. Thank you for that. <laughs> it's, it's a shame, but we've got Tonali there to come in as well. My real frustration is that Anthony Gordon picked up a yellow card, which is his fifth yellow card this season. So that means he's going to be out for the game against West Ham. And Joe Linton could have slotted right into that left wing position to give us a bit of cover during that West Ham game. But wasn't to be. Sounds like he's going to be out for a while. We've got Jacob Murphy, I guess, or Elliot Anderson. We could push up there, but who knows what we'll play. 
Gordon's going to be a big old miss, especially given that, again, he was involved in another goal yesterday, winning the penalty, wasn't he, Gray? Is that the third penalty he's won this season? It's crazy, isn't it? He just seems to have that little bit of now. He was like not going towards goal, but he's just very clever getting his body between. It's that pace, isn't it? Yeah. His ground speed, 0-60, to 60, is mental, and people just can't pick it up. So, so quick. I would dread to be playing against him. I think we all would. <laughs> yeah. But I might imagine it would make us look silly. But no, it's just sharing that fight. And just the fact he never gives up as well. If the ball's still in play, he's going to be running flat out to try and keep it in just to draw another penalty. And we were trying to figure out in the stadium who was going to take it, but we thought that Bruno might be up to the old trick of handing it to Isaac just before, which exactly oh, what, what he they did. did? Yeah, so Bruno is still on the spot holding the ball. You know how Trippier did it? I fucking missed that. My stream went down. Fucking so annoying. So yeah, we all thought, oh, Bruno's going to bury it. And Mm. now he's handed it to Isaac, who just as composed as ever, buried it into the bottom corner, didn't he? It was just Ice in his fucking veins. Unreal, that lad. The man is so cool. Apparently that's like our 12th consecutive Premier League penalty that we've scored. Is it? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, Callum Wilson's not missed one for us, has he? Isaac hasn't missed one for us. We've probably cursed it now. We'll probably miss our next one. Thanks for that, Ali. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but yeah, it was really, really calmly and coolly put away and another goal for Isaac this season. I think he needs to really start ramping up the goals to build his confidence because once he's playing with confidence, he's unstoppable, that lad. You mentioned him there though, Gray. I thought Bruno was fantastic yesterday as well. So we'll end on Bruno. I thought flashes, big portions of the game. We saw Bruno from last season back controlling the midfield, winning the ball back, progressing the ball up the pitch. You called him out on the chat, Grace. You were in the stadium, but he seemed fantastic looking through the screen. He seemed like he was everywhere. He was, and as Bruno of old, I say of old of last season, which we got so used to seeing. He's just up for the fight. There was one moment which happened kind of right in front of us where I think Bruno missed the tackle or he misplaced a pass and he just jumped and was just like screaming and then slapped his legs and then ran off. <laughs> it's just like, just little moments like that just gets a crowd going and just everyone loves him. But I mean, there's just a few moments which kind of stand out that I think he played in Isaac where he was unlucky. The keeper yes. made a good save and that yeah, was just yeah. a, a perfect ball straight into the First stride. First time ball, a, wasn't it? Yeah, a bit too heavy a touch by Isaac, which is unusual for him. But the quality of that through ball was, just, I mean, I've used the word immense a few times, but he just was. <laughs> <laughs> he needed to find that form. And like we mentioned last week, I just think the whole contract negotiations and the announcement of his expected baby and things like that must have been a weight on his shoulders. But now that that's all been lifted, I think he's just free to play his best football again. And hopefully it continues for the next few weeks. Let's hope so. So from Burnley to Paris, who fucking knew? It still surprises me and shocks me that this is our season. Yeah. We're going from playing Burnley to playing Paris Saint-Germain. So Paris Saint-Germain in the second game of our Champions League group stage at St. James's Park this time. I think PSG drew against Clermont yesterday yeah. or something, uh, who are 17th in the league. Not really been all that good, but I don't want to jinx it. They won their first game against Dortmund, I think 2-0. So they're clearly very dangerous. How are you feeling ahead of that game, Ali? I don't know, actually. Obviously, when you've just said they drew with Clement, I'm thinking, well, maybe we could get a 1-1 draw. Ideally, I'd like to get a 1-1 draw, but you look at their front three. Really shooting um, for the stars here, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're looking at Dembele potentially up against Dan Byrne and you know Mbappe against Kieran Trippier. And then I think they've got Mwani up top. They've obviously got a fantastic team, but... 
you know, I think looking at our play with the determination we've got in the squad, the togetherness, the passion at the moment, I definitely think we could get a draw against Paris Saint-Germain. What are you boys thinking? After everything you've just said, your takeout is, I think we can get a draw. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not only have they got Dembele on that right-hand side, they've got Ashraf Hakimi backing him up. So I think we're going to need a lot of support down that left-hand side. They've got a really strong back three. Milan Skriniar, Marquinhos is still there. God. I mean, who are we going to have? We're going to have Bruno, Longstaff, Tonali, and Elliot Anderson in the middle of the park. I think we can maybe win some battles there. I'm not convinced with their centre midfield pairing. But yeah, we're going to have to be super careful on the wings because that's where a lot of the danger is going to come from. Gray, what are your thoughts? As long as we can control the passion and the excitement of being back at St. James Park playing Champions League football. I'm certainly super excited to watch it and I think it'll be a great game. Of all the teams in the group, I think PSG probably worry me the most and I'd back ourselves probably to beat Milan and Dortmund at home, but I just think the pace PSG have up front, I think will cause us a few issues. Yeah. But we've been solid for the last few weeks and got to have some trust in our back four. And then if not, we've got Pope there to pull out some wonder saves, so... Yeah, I feel like he's going to have another busy day, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I can't really call it either way, but I'm worried about this one. I just hope that our physicality will come through a little bit and they won't be able to deal with that. Just want Dan Byrne to go through fucking Dembele once just to let him know where he is. (laughs) You're in fucking St. James's now, lad. But let's, let's see. And on that, I guess we should probably go to our predictions. Time to put our money where our collective mouths are. So... Ali Fraser, score predictions ahead of PSG on Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to go 1-1. One, 1-1, one. One, one. yeah, I suppose you were early out the door with that one. That's that's fine. Really inspirational, aspirational. Look, this is why I'm here as the release manager to provide... Some you know, realism. That realism. Yeah, I think so. I can't. You can't knock it. Gray, what are you going to say? I just can't see us getting a win as much as I'd love it to happen and can't wait to experience it on Wednesday night. But I'm going to go for a 2 0 loss. Wow. Can't wait to experience a 2 0 loss. Great <laughs> I just can't wait to hear that Champions League music again at St. James's. Champions League. Well, apparently, there's going to be a drone display from what I could potentially see on Twitter. Really? Very yeah. Good. Somebody posted, obviously, outside of St. James's Park, a load of drones flying over the stadium. So I wonder if they're planning something before kickoff. Oh, that'll be Seller, won't it? I saw something about Seller doing a display. Well, let's see what happens. But War Flags are definitely going to be on their game, aren't they? Mm, can't wait for that. I shall complete the triangle. I'm going to go with... Fuck it. I'm going to go with a 1-0 win to Newcastle United. Ooh. Might as well. I might who as well do you reckon the score is going to be? Alexander Isaac. I think make it three in three games. That's what I'm going with, and that's what I'm sticking with. Right, okay. Well, let's hope for the very fucking best, shall we? And hopefully we can continue our good run of form across all competitions. I guess that rounds us up. So all that's left to do now is to say thanks very much for listening. And we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye now. Au revoir. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.